Tom Copeland is a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ who has been called to teach God's Word on finances since 1982. Tom has helped thousands of people learn the biblical principles of money management, most have reduced debt, build up some savings, and many are debt-free. Tom is a chartered professional accountant who has advised thousands of people, including individuals, couples, and business owners, in making wise, biblical financial decisions. Tom's financial moments are aired on numerous radio and TV stations. Tom is the president and founder of Copeland Financial Ministries, who teach what the Bible says on finances. For more info, check out copelandfinancialministries.org, or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter under Bible Finance. Now, here is Tom teaching on the topic, dealing with inflation and high interest rates from a biblical perspective. I'd like to welcome you to session four of four sessions on the topic, dealing with inflation and high interest rates from a biblical perspective. For the other three sessions, be sure to go to our website, copelandfinancialministries.org, and you can watch or listen to them there. At the time of recording, inflation is the highest level it's been in almost four decades in Canada, the United States, and many places in the world. Further, interest rates have increased substantially over the last eight months, and since most people have considerable debt, many are suffering tremendously. However, for those people who have followed the biblical principles over the last several years, I've received a number of emails and phone calls thanking us for the biblical advice we've given them several years ago. For those who have followed the biblical principles, and have little or no debt and some significant savings, they're going to be fine financially. Let's face it, if you got no debt, it doesn't matter if interest rates go up. And if you got some savings, it's actually good that interest rates go up because you can get a higher interest rate on your guaranteed investment certificates. However, unfortunately, most people uh, in this world uh, are, are, have a lot of debt. Most people have a lot of debt. So in this session, I'm going to provide to you several real-life case studies that demonstrate the negative impact of inflation and higher interest rates, Further, I will explain the biblical principles that you can follow in order to get out of debt, develop some savings, so that you can survive during these difficult times. As usual, the names in the case studies have been selected at random, but the examples given are quite common. I'd like to open on a brief word of prayer. Father, I pray that as I provide these case studies and present your word on finances, that through your word and your spirit, Lord, you would touch the hearts of those listening and help them to learn and apply your principles in managing the money that you've entrusted to them. In Jesus' name, amen. So here's the first case study. It's talking about the negative impact of inflation and higher interest rates, and the solution is to learn God's way of managing money. William and Beverly are married. For many years, they have been living paycheck to paycheck. That is, spending all the regular income and have no savings. Since they were married, they both had stable jobs and good incomes. Because of the stability of their income and the fact that they were able to meet their financial obligations, William and Beverly never worried about their finances and had never studied what the Bible said on finances. However, when their mortgage recently came due, their mortgage payment increased by a whopping 35%. They were astonished. They checked with several banks and it was the same everywhere. Interest rates had increased substantially since they last renewed their mortgage. Note they did have a five-year fixed rate mortgage, so when it came due, the interest uh, rates had gone up, so their, their mortgage payment went up significantly. Of interest, about one year ago, their friends complained about their mortgage payments increasing, but William and Beverly did not heed any warning from this, from friends and other family members saying, hey, mortgage rates have gone up. They didn't heed any warning from it. They just ignored it. They continued with their bad financial habits, their bad spending habits, buying things they really didn't need, um, usually on debt. 
The higher mortgage payment combined with a significant increase in the cost of living resulted in this couple spending significantly more than they were earning each month, and not long after, they reached the maximum on their line of credit. William and Beverly figured that the solution was simple. You go to the bank and you ask for an increase in your line of credit. However, with interest rates going up, the fair market value of their home had decreased, and combine that with higher mortgage payments, the bank would not lend them any more money. Shortly thereafter, the bank returned several of their checks because of non-sufficient funds in their account. Finally, William and Beverly got the message they had significant financial problems that needed to be resolved. I now like to talk about a financial turnaround and what can happen when you get involved studying and apply God's Word on finances. William and Beverly faithfully attended our 12-week in-depth biblical financial study called Financial Management God's Way. They completed the roughly three hours a week of homework, studied the scriptures, and realized they had been violating many biblical financial principles unknowingly. William and Beverly reviewed their bank statements and credit card statements for the past six months and compared it to their income and realized that they had been spending more than they were earning on a monthly basis, and that's why they were accumulating debt. In other words, they had a negative monthly cash flow. Using this financial information, they prepared a budget. The first draft of their budget still showed a significant monthly deficit, which of course was not acceptable. They prayed and asked God to give them wisdom to develop and follow a budget whereby they had a surplus each month so they could start to pay down debt and also save for future needs. They consulted with a godly financial advisor who explained that they needed to learn to be content with less. They meditated upon several scriptures that dealt with their financial challenges and God through his word and his spirit changed the way they thought about and managed money. William and Beverly learned that Christ promised to meet our needs but not necessarily our wants and desires and so with God's help they eliminated a number of non-essential expenses. As they learned and implemented the biblical financial principles in managing money including giving 10% to God's work, God blessed them by providing a better job for William. Depending upon the Lord, they persevered with a reduced lifestyle, and in the process of the financial trials, they prayed more often, prayed together, studied God's word on finances, and within two years, they had paid off all of their credit cards, personal line of credit, and their car loan. What a relief. They had not previously realized the stress they were under because of their debt load. With all these debts gone, their surplus monthly cash flow increased, and today, William and Beverly are focused on paying off their mortgage and they should be totally debt-free, that is, having no debt whatsoever, including no mortgage, in about five years. Once they are totally debt-free, William and Beverly will have a significant positive monthly cash flow, which they can save and invest for future needs, such as retirement and their kids' education. William and Beverly praise God for the wisdom in His Word and how learning and following biblical financial principles has put them in a much better place today financially and now they are both experiencing God's peace in the area of finances. Before they didn't experience God's peace, but now they are. So here's the first question. Initially, what biblical financial principles did William and Beverly violate? Pray and think about this and provide a reference to Scripture for each point. So think about that. Here's my suggested solution. They were living paycheck to paycheck. That is, they were spending all of their income and had no savings. This is contrary to Proverbs 21.20, which says, the wise man saves for the future, but the foolish man spends whatever he gets. When people live paycheck to paycheck, inevitably they're going to incur some significant unexpected expenditures, or one spouse could be out of work, and in due course they're going to suffer the consequences. In Proverbs 21.20 in the ESV version, it says, Good food and olive oil are stored up in dwellings of the wise, 
But a foolish person devours everything he has. In other words, a foolish person spends everything they have. They're bouncing on empty. They're living paycheck to paycheck. In other words, it's biblical to have some savings, not only on a monthly basis, but some accumulated savings. And I certainly recommend that everyone have something like perhaps a couple thousand dollars set aside for an emergency fund because you never know when you're going to get an unexpected car repair or house repair or whatever. In addition, you'd be well advised to plan and save for your non-monthly expenses so when they come due, you're not forced into debt. For example, let's suppose your auto insurance premium comes due in six months and it's $1,200. If if that's the case, you should be setting aside $200 per month in your savings account so you have the funds to meet this obligation. Similarly, next year's vacation, if it's going to be $1,800, divide that by 12, you should be setting aside $150 per month so you don't have to put it on the credit cards. Secondly, unknowingly, William and Beverly were presuming on the future. That is, they were assuming that their two stable incomes would always be more than enough to pay their bills. James chapter 4 warns that we should not presume on the future. The third biblical financial boo-boo they made was they did not heed any warning when their friends told them about one year before that their mortgage came due, that their mortgage payment had increased substantially. They didn't take notice of that. Further, when their mortgage payment did increase, they ignored this huge red flag, as I call it, and continued with their regular spending habits, which were bad spending habits, and not long they maxed out on their, their line of credit. Proverbs 22, 3 states, The prudency danger and take refuge, but the simple keep going and pay the penalty. Number four, when their line of credit had reached its limit, William and Beverly took a worldly approach and decided that the solution would be to increase their line of credit. Had the equity in their home been sufficient, they probably would have received a higher line of credit, but that would not have solved their underlying problem. That is, they were spending more than they were earning on a regular basis. Number five, William and Beverly did not plan ahead. Proverbs 21.5 states, The plans of the diligent lead to profit as surely as haste leads to poverty. This couple, they were clearly not proactive, but rather reactive. And they only took action once some checks got sent back, NSF. And, um, and that's, that's the only time they actually sort of took some action about this. They should have taken action and learned God's way of managing money long before then. Here's the second question. In the second half of the story outlined above, what things did William and Beverly do that were consistent with Scripture? And if you can, provide a reference to uh, Scripture uh, for each point. Here's my suggested solution. First and foremost, they learned God's word on finances. This is so key. They've been violating many biblical financial principles unknowingly. You cannot implement the biblical financial principle unless you take the time to study what God's Word says on finances. 2 Timothy 3 says, All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Number two, they followed up and implemented biblical financial principles. James 1.22 says, Do not merely listen to the Word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Next, they reviewed their expenses over the past six months in order to determine where their money was going. And they compared that to their income and finally realized that they were spending more than they were earning on a monthly basis. And that's the reason they were accumulating debt. They had no idea before. They didn't know where their money was going. They had never tracked their expenses. But now they they knew that and now they understood that and why the debt was increasing. In other words, they determined their financial facts, which is consistent with Proverbs 27.23, which says, Be sure you know the condition of your flocks. Give careful attention to your herds. 
Given that the time this proverb was written, most people were farmers, the practical application today is you need to know where your money's going. You need to know your financial facts. You need to know what your debt load is. You need to be very cognitive of when your mortgage is coming due so you can prepare for any potential increase in the mortgage payment, which is likely going to happen for a lot of people as rates have gone up so much lately. Number four, there's 40 references in the Bible to planning and generally they admonish us to plan ahead. For example, in the parable of the tower, Christ communicated that you're foolish if you don't plan ahead. And the most practical way to do that is to develop and implement a budget. And fortunately, this couple did that. In the process of developing a proper budget where they would have a surplus of funds each month so that they could pay down debt, William and Beverly had to learn to be content with less. This is a big one, a key one. And we know how committed Apostle Paul was, but even he had to learn to be content. In Philippians chapter 4, Paul said, For I've learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be neat, and I know what it is to have plenty. I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or want. I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength, Paul said. So here's a question. What was Paul's secret to learning contentment? What, what was his secret to learning contentment? It's alluded to in the last scripture. It's, here's the key. I can do everything through Christ who strengthens me. In other words, Paul depended upon the Lord Jesus Christ to learn contentment. Further in Colossians 3, 1 and 2, Paul says, Since you have been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. In other words, Paul was focused on things of eternal value, such as evangelism and the discipleship of people. When we as Christians get focused on things of eternal value, money and material things will become a lot less important to us, and you should learn to be content. Number seven, William and Beverly obtained counsel from a godly financial advisor. Proverbs 15.22 says, Plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors they succeed. And number eight, this couple came to understand the fact that God promised to meet our needs, but not necessarily our wants and desires. In Philippians 4.19, Paul said, And my God will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. As they learned God's word on finances, William and Beverly made it a priority to give the first 10% to God's work. Proverbs 3, 9 and 10, Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. Number 10, William and Beverly meditated upon key scriptures and allowed God through his word and his spirit to change the way they think. Romans 12, 2 states, Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How do you renew your mind? The answer is provided in Joshua 1.8, which states, Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth, meditate upon it day and night, and be careful to do everything written in it. Then you'll be prosperous and successful. Number 11, this couple persevered with a reduced lifestyle, and they were determined to manage money God's way. Even if finances is not your area of expertise, and you're not particularly comfortable with it, I'd encourage you to claim Christ's promise in 2 Corinthians 12.9, where he said, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Case study two, David is a single man who owns and operates his own business. He has not applied God's financial principles at either the personal level or the corporate level because except for tithing, David is not familiar with what the Bible says on finances. As a result, David has accumulated significant debts both corporately and personally. David gives about 1% of his income to the Lord's work. He would like to give more, but he is unable to do so because of his significant personal and corporate debt loads. David has no personal budget, and his company has no corporate budget at both levels, and he has no updated personal or corporate financial statements. David has been making financial decisions based upon his gut feel, which is risky. 
The stress from his personal and corporate debt, combined with a recent reduction in business income, has resulted in sleepless nights and some health problems. David now knows he needs to make some changes. So as a result, David started to pray and ask God what he should do. God directed him to go through two of our seminars for the personal finances. It's called Financial Management God's Way. And the second one is called God's Financial Wisdom for Business, which is obviously the one applicable to the management of money for a business. As he went through these two programs, David realized he had become a servant to the lender, as indicated in Proverbs 22.7, because of his personal and corporate debt loads. He also learned that throughout the Bible, debt was considered to be a curse, not a blessing, and David could now relate to that. As David puts it, when you have a lot of debt, you're not just a servant to the lender, rather you're a slave to the lender. David learned and implemented the biblical financial principles, including developing and implementing a budget at both the personal and corporate level to ensure that he personally and his company were spending less than their income and had a surplus to pay down debt and save for future needs. He tracked his personal expenditures so he knew his financial facts rather than guessing. Further, he had his accountant prepare monthly financial statements, which David reviewed to ensure that he had a financial pulse on his business finances. He never had that before. As both the personal and corporate debts decreased, the surplus cash flow increased each month, and as a result, David was able to give more generously to God's work. As David learned and applied the biblical financial principles in both managing his business and personal finances, God noticed that David was a good steward of what he had been entrusted with, and God entrusted David with more by blessing his business substantially. Besides giving 10% to the Lord's work, David's number one priority was to pay off his personal and corporate debts. He had moderated his personal lifestyle, and he reduced his corporate expenses to generate a very positive monthly cash flow. And within seven years, within seven years, David personally and his business were totally debt-free. David praises God for the wisdom in his word, and he has not borrowed any money since. Now that David is debt-free and has a significant surplus of cash flow each month, David and his company give generously to the Lord's work, currently about 25% of their combined income. Further, David continues to save for both future personal and corporate needs, including saving for retirement, saving to replace his automobile, replace equipment in the business, and provide working capital for future expansion of the business. David now has significant savings at both the personal and corporate levels. So when interest rates started to climb recently, David was not concerned as he had no debt and a surplus of cash as he had been implementing biblical financial principles both corporately and personally. So here's the questions. Initially, what biblical principles did David violate both personally and corporately? Provide a reference to scripture where you can. Here's my comments. David had accumulated a lot of debt both personally and corporately, and this is what most people in the world are doing, but it's not God's way. God discourages debt, warns of the dangers of debt, and throughout Scripture, when God met a need, He did it with no debt. Have a look at Deuteronomy chapter 28, verses 1 to 12. God actually promised the people of Israel, if they fully obeyed Him, that they would be lenders and not borrowers. Number two, without realizing it, David had become a servant to the lender, Proverbs 22, 7, and that was reflected by the fact that he wanted to give generously to God's work, but because of his debt load, he didn't have the cash flow corporately or personally, and as a result, he gave sporadically and very little to God's work. Three, God admonishes us to plan ahead and David did not have a financial plan or budget for himself personally and he had no projected cash flow plan for his corporation. And I can tell you this, there's about 40 references in the Bible to planning and generally speaking they admonish us to plan ahead. Number four, David was not honoring the Lord with his wealth with the first fruits of all his crops as we're 
directed to in Proverbs 3, 9, and 10. Rather, David was putting his own desires and desires he had for the company ahead of God, so God was getting the leftovers, which were sporadic and very small. Second question, what biblical financial principles has David implemented over the last several years? Identify each one and provide a reference to Scripture to support your answer. Think about that. Here's my suggested solutions. And by the way, they're often on these questions can be other suggested solutions that are legitimate as well, as long as they are backed by Scripture. Uh, these are just the ones I've thought of. David studied and learned God's Word on finances. Psalms 119.24 states, Your statutes are my delight, they are my counselors. Secondly, David developed and implemented both corporate and personal budgets, Proverbs 21.5, to ensure that he and his company were spending less than they earned and had a surplus each month to pay down debt and save for future needs. David gave generously to God's work and God blessed him and God blessed his business accordingly. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, Paul said, Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you've decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. As indicated in the parable of the talents, Matthew 25, 14-30, when a Christian demonstrates that they are faithful with what God has entrusted to them, God will often entrust them with more, and indeed God did entrust David with more by blessing his business substantially. Number five, David was thankful as we are instructed to be in Psalms 107, 8 and 9, which states, Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for mankind, for he satisfies the thirsty and fills the hungry with good things. And number six, David regularly thanks God for the wisdom in his word, including studying God's word on finances. David has no concerns regarding the higher interest rates because he has no debt, and he has sufficient positive cash flow to absorb the increased costs as a result of inflation. As you can see, it really pays to manage both personal finances and also corporate finances if you own a business. According to biblical principles, if you do that, you're going to be blessed in the long term. I'd like to now make some concluding remarks. At the time of recording, interest rates were increasing very quickly, and inflation was a major problem. In, in our country and many countries in the world, and some countries were already in recession. What's more important is this. When individuals, companies, or governments violate God's word on finances, in due course, they will suffer the consequences. It's just a matter of time. They can get away with it for quite some time, but in due course, they will suffer the consequences. However, for those people who have diligently followed biblical financial principles over the last several years, they will not be concerned about higher interest rates because they have little or no debt. Further, since they have followed God's admonition to plan ahead, Luke 14, 28-30, and developed some significant savings, Proverbs 21, 20, they should have no major financial problems as a result of higher interest rates or an increase in the cost of living. This is consistent with what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7, which states, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like the wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down and the streams rose and the wind blew and beat against that house, but it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. The wise person represents the individual who has managed money according to biblical principles. And even though difficulties will come along, whether it be higher interest rates, inflation, a loss of a job, or whatever it may be, unexpected expenditures, their foundation is upon the rock. The rock of what? The rock of Jesus Christ and the principles that Jesus Christ and our Lord taught to us regarding finances. However, for most people 
who have not followed God's financial principles, they will suffer significant negative consequences as a result of higher interest rates, inflation, and certainly they're going to suffer if, with the recession uh, starting uh, if, if, if they're out of work. And Jesus confirms this in Matthew chapter 7, 26 to 27, where he said, But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, the wind blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. Interesting, this parable relates to a house falling with a great crash, and unfortunately because of the higher interest rates in particular, combined with higher cost of living, a lot of people will likely lose their homes over the next few years, and I'm concerned for these people, and I want to help them. So what do you do if you're in so much debt that you feel it's hopeless? What do you do if you, you, you feel you need to declare bankruptcy? Let me provide, let me share my experience. For over four decades, I provided biblical financial counsel to thousands of people who were in serious financial trouble, large mortgage, significant credit card debt, personal lines of credit, and car loans. I can say with confidence for almost all the people who really learned and diligently implemented the biblical financial principles, God enabled them to avoid bankruptcy and to eventually get out of debt. Remember that all things are possible with God, Matthew 19, 26, and that when you face challenges as you work to get your finances in order, claim God's promise in 2 Corinthians 12, 9, where he said to Paul, My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. If you'd like to learn more about dealing with inflation, high interest rates from a biblical perspective, be sure to go to our website and watch sessions 1, 2, and 3. In addition, I would encourage you to go through our in-depth study, Financial Management God's Way. This is where we see the most significant permanent change in the way people manage money. All of these groups will be on Zoom, so it doesn't matter where you live. Please go to copelandfinancialministries.org for details and to register. Another excellent resource is the book that I'm currently working on and should be finished by the time you're listening to this program. It's called Debt Reduction, Biblical Principles to Deal with Inflation, High Interest Rates, and Eliminate Debt. Uh, the books can be purchased from our website, copelandfinancialministries.org, or in almost any major bookstore. Note, if you cannot afford any resource that we have, just go to our website, send us an email, explain your situation, and if it sounds reasonable, we'll send it to you for free. I'd now like to close in prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you that your word says so much on finances. I thank you, Lord, that for those who have followed your biblical principles, they're not concerned about higher interest rates. They're not concerned about inflation. They're going to experience your peace in the area of finances. But Lord, I also pray, my heart goes out to those people who have been violating your principles, who um, generally I find unknowingly, who are now in a lot of debt. I pray that you would uphold them, sustain them, Give them your wisdom, James 1, 5, your specific direction, Psalms 32, colon 8, and just guide and direct them every step of the way. Father, your word says the steps of a good man or woman are directed by you, and I pray that you would direct them every step of the way. Help them to get their, their monthly cash flow in order, to make it so that they have a positive cash flow each month, not a negative cash flow, so that they'll have a surplus cash in order to pay down debt and eventually save for future needs. Lord, guide and direct them every step of the way. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. To learn more, go to copelandfinancialministries.org and access the numerous resources available there, most of which are free. Further, you can sign up for Tom's Financial Moment email list, participate in one of the Zoom small groups going through the in-depth study, Financial Management God's Way, Again, copelandfinancialministries.org.
To learn more, go to copelandfinancialministries.org. Download the Copeland Budgeting System and watch the 30-minute video on how to use it or simply send your financial question to the email on the website and either Tom or one of his trained financial coaches will respond to your question. Again, copelandfinancialministries.org or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter under Bible Finance.